0: Hi, welcome to About Town. I'm Morgan Phillips, an editor at Tulsa People Magazine, and I'm here with Blakely Freed. Hello. It is not, in fact, an episode with Tim Landis, as I told you last week. It is me and Blakely again because there are five <laughs> Wednesdays in December. So, lucky you. This is a time of year when I think we all start talking about, you know, how did the year go, thinking about things we wish were different. Obviously, we wish we were not still in a pandemic, but we are, and I think it can be kind of an existential time. Who are we? Where are we going? And so Blakely and I thought it would be fun to sort of get people up to speed on the evolution of uh, her role and how she started with the Tulsa Voice and kind of like who you are today and what your role is here.
1: Yeah, and that'll lead us kind of into the news that we have for 2022 and what we're changing. So yeah, I started off in 2018 at the Tulsa Voice, which for those who've been around Tulsa for a while, they'll know that was kind of a beloved alt-weekly that covered arts and entertainment and culture and And um, it was its own standalone publication until we merged in January 2020 with the magazine, Tulsa People Magazine. And that actually posed some interesting challenges for us because as we merged, I feel like we kind of realized that The Voice as an alt-weekly is a completely different product than what we have at the Tulsa People Magazine. But I just, I wanted to still preserve some of The Voice kind of attitude and feeling and and uh the the types of people that we highlighted and when we did merge with Tulsa people and we kind of started to find our footing of like what that wanted to look like we eventually decided to change the name to About Town which is actually inspired the name of this podcast so kind of adding this podcast and and expanding our digital footprint has been a big part of that evolution and now In 2022, we are actually going to, well, actually, no, Morgan, I'll let you give that news. Okay.
0: (laughs) So uh, drum roll, please. So we are going to combine Blakely's section, which was formerly about town, and my former section called City Desk into one section called City Desk. And so it's going to be the same great content, great people profiles, business stories, art and entertainment culture. Um, but all in one section up front in the magazine. So you'll be able to read all of that stuff first when you pick up a hard copy of Tulsa People. And then obviously that content will always live at tulsapeople.com as well. We have an about town section of the website and now that will be where all of our exclusive online content lives. So those are the things that we are covering in between monthly issues that um, we do more and more of it seems these days.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that, kind of has had to do with the pandemic and in my experience I think people have been hesitant to put things on the books because they're just scared that who knows when the next wave is going to come and and ruin all of our plans well that's actually kind of changed the way we approach things here and I think that's kind of in a way encouraged us to cover more um, upcoming and things that we otherwise wouldn't be able to get in the magazine because of the production cycle.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it just uh, speaks to the continued evolutionary nature of media and how it's constantly changing. We're always trying to adapt and evolve um, and continue to be relevant and bring relevant information to people. And so I think that the different iterations of the Tulsa voice, that that has really like, you know, been sad in a way but then at the same time it has i think brought a lot of opportunities to our team and made us like a stronger publication and a stronger company overall so
1: yeah i definitely feel like tulsa people um it's always been a really good snapshot of the community but i think now with kind of just constantly uh reevaluating how we're presenting this info can just make it a little bit easier to be a part of of our robust community.
0: So now let's shift gears and talk about a place that we both tried last week that we really liked. Mm -hmm. So tell everybody about our little find.
1: Yeah um we decided instead of in lieu of a big Christmas party, you know, to kind of keep things safe, we wanted a more distant, socially distant option, so we went to a rooftop bar on Cherry Street called Sidecar. And um, I don't know about you, but I was really impressed with just – the quality of the food and drinks but also the space itself was just really welcoming and it was a little chilly but the heaters kept us warm and yeah I don't know I, re- I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah it was great. It's a little hard to find so just look for I think they're called the 1515 Lofts. It's a newer apartment complex on the north side of Cherry Street right near Kilkenny's. It's on that same side of the street but it's a rooftop bar. You have to take an elevator to get to it which is yeah. kind of cool and. It was busy that night, but you, there's lots of room to spread out and just a great view of the skyline. It was really a pretty place to watch the sunset.
1: And a massive fire pit in the middle of the rooftop bar. So it really is a place that you can go during the wintertime and still feel safe uh, you know, from the germs and stuff, but also warm and toasty.
0: And now to shift gears, I wanted to talk about a place to get drinks of a non-alcoholic variety, yes. <laughs> which is Topeka Coffee, which actually happens to be, I think, my favorite local coffee company in terms of taste and you know the types of flavors that I enjoy. And I was lucky to get to go tour their um, roasting facility for a feature in the December issue. So I got to spend some time with their director of coffee, Ian Pico, and he was great, he is like a real scientist and artist when it comes to coffee and all of the different flavor palettes and just the process of uh, creating a profile for each type of coffee bean. And I was just really fascinated by that whole process. And then I was really loving talking to Ian about his career in coffee so to speak and so I'm going to drop a little bit of audio from that conversation coming up next.
1: Yeah and if you haven't seen it in the magazine or online definitely go and check that out because the photos are really immersive and they think that they kind of give you just a snapshot of of what it's like to be you know in the thick of things roasting the beans. Right. We always
0: smell Double Shot roasting coffee beans mm-hmm. here at the office. And yes. uh, I was by Topeka the other day, and I noticed it's the same smell. Yep. It smells like burnt toast. <laughs> in Both <is>. places.
1: <laughs> it took me a while to figure out that that wasn't the catering company nearby, and that it was roasting coffee beans. It yeah. makes way more sense.
0: I like Double Shot, too, so... Uh, Brian, if you're listening to this, um, I don't. I'm not hating on Double Shot. <laughs> I just happen to like Topeka's Breakfast Blend. Honestly,
1: we need to start shouting out lots of different coffee shops because we do uh, frequent Double Shot next door a lot. It's just so convenient and delicious. We do. It's just so walkable. Yep. But
0: anyway, um, so here's some audio from my recent interview with Ian Pico at Topeka Coffee.
2: Uh, my name is Ian Pico. I'm the director of coffee here at Topeka Coffee Roasters. Thought I was going to be an actor for a long time. That was, um, you know, definitely what I studied and um, spent some time in New York City doing theater and some internships and things like that. Um, yeah, I was all all the while, you know, I was trying to kind of look for professional theater gigs and, and acting gigs. Um, you know, it was coffee that paid the rent. So um, it's just something that stuck with me. As a barista and customer service, I really liked the performative, or I kind of turned it into a performance as I do with most stuff. Um, And I kind of liked that interaction of, um, especially when I worked in like small coffee shops in New York City where I was like the only one working. Uh, I really got to like be the director of my own little film set every day when I went in. In terms of, like, I make a playlist for the day, kind of set different moods. You get to understand the rhythm of the neighborhood and the day and kind of have these, like, different um, energies throughout the day and, and emotions. And so I try to, like, match soundtracks that would um, either respond to those um, those ebbs and flows of the different neighbors coming in and out, of the neighborhood or, like, influence how the day was going to go. Um, so that was kind of kind of fun. I always kind of brought that to the barista thing, like, um, you know, treating it as kind of this little performative uh, vignette of, 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 you know, just a little moment in life and interaction between people, and, you know, coffee is a great... Um, thing that you know has historically always brought people together and and sparked you know conversation and sparked ideas
0: thanks for joining us we'll see you next week when tim landis for real this time interviews ali hansen with bone broth bar happy new year